Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. We are live on the Big 550 KTRS talking all things Doctor Who. My guests are Christian Basil from the Legend of the Traveling Tardis podcast and Rob Levy from the St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency. We'll be talking all things Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and more. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. If you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight hearing us on the Big 550 KTRS, welcome to you. Thanks for tuning in. If you're streaming us out there in the world via the KTRS web app, thank you for finding us there. And of course, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, hello to you and thanks very much for watching. We are talking all things Doctor Who. I've wanted to do a Doctor Who show for a while and a... I just hadn't watched the new season of Doctor Who yet, so I finally got caught up on that. And now that I have watched that, we're able to talk about it. We'll dig into Jody's entire run as the 13th Doctor and more. Uh, Rob Levy was unable to join us in studio, but I have some pre-recorded bits from him. He and I spoke, and we've got some uh, things that he's going to weigh in on some of these questions. But we do live have Christian Basil with us via the Restream link from the sunny state of Florida. Uh, Christian, how's it going? it's still sunny <laughs> blistering 30 degrees i gotta put uh socks over my sandals it's just un- un- unbearable uh, unbearable sorry to take hear it winter. sorry to hear it take your winner you can keep it you don't need it up <laughs> down here but it could be worse it could be worse right you yeah. could be getting the snow that we're going to be getting here wednesday and thursday <laughs> That's why I move. That's why I'm in Florida. So right. I don't see snow we we you know how eskimos have like 300 uh words for snow we don't even know what it is down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, luckily, we're in studio, and we're uh, we're all nice yeah. and warm tonight. But we're talking about Doctor Who, and I've been on your show a couple times. This is the first time I've had yeah. you on since we've been in our new studio here at uh, KTRS on the big know, 550. Right? And let's jump in. We've talked about uh, yeah. Doctor Who before on your show. If you're listening right now, too, Christian hosts the Legend of the Traveling TARDIS podcast, which is a brilliant show. He's always got guests on, a lot of fun topics and things that they cover from the world of Doctor Who. So he's the perfect guest to have on for this Doctor Who-centric show that we're dealing with. Um, so let's just dive right in. Jody's run as the 13th Doctor coming to an end. We just had the... New Year's special, Eve of the Daleks, which I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought it was one of the better uh, specials that we've gotten for quite a while. What were your thoughts on the special? 
What did you like about it? Let me ask you that question. I'm going to give you my retort on this, or, or my my thoughts on this. I liked the plot. I liked it. It was self-contained. It was all taking place within the building. I liked mm-hmm. the idea of the time loop because it, it kind of had a little hints of Peter Capaldi being trapped in his uh, in his in his um, what do you call it? diary? Yeah. yeah, heaven sent, hell bent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so it had in, in the. Uh... In the thing, yeah, and I even go back to classic Who because you had the third Doctor who dealt with the uh, uh, the axons. Um, he was about to be coming a time loop, and they hinted upon that, but we really didn't see it until the fourth Doctor with Megalos, where we saw the actual time loop with Romana and K nine, the second Romana, and they figured it out by recreating the whole repeat so that it threw off the loop. So I kind of like love the idea that it was uh they were looking upon this and i was like okay well this is going to be an interesting story and uh, but it's jody's last three episodes and i just thought it was interesting that they were focusing on a a, on a time loop episode but hey i was like you know they could work let's let's give it a shot but um got daleks which is always good in my opinion They're getting, they're getting, I think they're getting <laughs> their novelties wearing off. They need to, <laughs> they're, 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 I, like I said, I've, been, I've always, I always love the Daleks in some form of fashion, but at some point you're like, is there anybody else out there? This <laughs> is back eye wise. I mean, the Cybermen, uh, we, we saw some, um, uh, if we're going back to the start of Doctor Who when Jody took over and, and Chris Chibnall took over, I was really excited for the two of them because Chris Chibnall, if anybody knows, and there is a YouTube video out there uh, when he first started in Dr. Who we're going back to Chris Chibnall as a kid. If you've ever seen the YouTube video where Chris, uh, it was Pippin Jane Baker and John Nathan Turner were bringing on some people and some kids uh, to interview them to say, Hey, you guys, we're going to, we're going to do this thing where everybody's going to be enjoying Dr. Who. And you get to talk to John Nathan Turner and you get to talk to the writers, Pip and Jane Baker. And in the audience was Chris Chibnall Hmm. who was not happy about the current arrangement of Dr. Who. And he actually (laughs) went out there and let them know uh, what he thought about the current who, and you know, it could have been better quote unquote that he says out there. And then he goes, go scathing on into them and it's like okay this is yeah as soon as i heard he was going to be the showrunner i'm like yeah if he can actually if a showrunner can actually a younger version of a showrunner can take on an older version of a showrunner i i have faith in this and when people were looking into you know there was a possibility of changing the gender of of the the doctor um there were two things riding on it first of all when they changed the gender of the master Hmm. I felt very comfortable. I, I was a little uncomfortable at first, but then Michelle Gomez just ate the scenery. Yeah. And she did an, an, an exceptional job. I mean, because one of the things I loved about it being with classic who I could see the classic masters. I could see Anthony Ainley. I could see Roger Delgado. I could see Eric Roberts. You know, I could see uh, Jeffrey Beavers who played uh crispy masters. Mm. I could see them reflected in her. Not only that, but she took the character, made it her own, and took it to another level, and people loved her to death. Uh, so when Jodie Whittaker was announced, because I knew she had worked on Broadchurch, hmm. and she worked with Broadchurch, uh, worked on Broadchurch with uh, Chris Chibnall, I was like, "Oh gosh, this is going to be great." I mean, this is in good hands if we're going to go into the uh, the Thirteenth Doctor. We're going to bring her female. 
let's do it. You know, let's go gung ho. And I was really excited about this. And I said, the one thing I just want them to remember, and I know they're probably not going to get around it, is that this is an alien. It's not gender based. This is an alien. Let's focus on that. You know, I know that she's probably going to look down and go, oh, look, I got a theracrine locator, as anybody knows her in history, uh, you know, things like that. And she's wearing high heels or whatever, whatnot. But I knew we were going to get into it, but just like, but I'm hoping it would hit the ground running. That wouldn't be more that he has become a she rather than it's a new character. It's a new alien. Right. She's the 13th doctor, not necessarily the first female doctor, but, you know, we, you know, it's an actress taking over for a role that has been played by 12 to 13 other people. And let's see how she takes it. And I've got to confess, um, not the way I wanted it to go. Okay, okay, okay. There were some really hard stories I couldn't swallow. There were some scenes that I could just not bear. And it was just... And I meant, you got three hours now for this or this discussion there. <laughs> uh, but there were just things individually that I've said on the show, on my show over and over again, it's just like, listen, there were moments that did not work. And then they went into the timeless children. And I said, the, I, I just never felt comfortable about the timeless children because I think uh, you exploded something that really got messy yeah, and really turned off a lot of uh, uh, Whovians. They were like, I think you're making this character more than that character should be. But um, I, I digress. You talked about Eva the Daleks. I thought there was some potential. I thought it was really going to go good. I just didn't like uh, the woman. I forgot her name. And I'll pull it up in a second in there. But I didn't like her. In fact, I don't even realize, you know, I. that's the thing about Chibnall. He always has that kind of uh, soap opera affair that takes place in almost every episode. You mm. saw it in Praxis. You saw it in, in, in that episode. Hi, everybody. Oh, we got some comments. <laughs> um, but... I really didn't appreciate her. In fact, uh, I forgot. I think it was Kevo on our show, one of one of our panelists. He asked me, he goes, what do you think about the relationship? I said, I am very shocked that those two ever got together. In fact, there was one scene where she really pushed his buttons to the point where he ran out the door. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not a relationship. That's very abusive. Yeah. I mean, she pushed, she verbally pushed him out the door to get killed because he go, you know, he she goes, what was it? Clean this up or whatever. But this was his life. This was his his bane of his existence that she just basically spat on it to the point where he just said, you know what? It's not worthy. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill myself. And I was just like, I don't know how these two ended up in the end. I was just like, I didn't get that. It's, I mean, what did you think of that scene? What did you think of? Did you did you find them getting together or did you? I, think- I figured they would. I mean, I just kind of like, eh. They're they're there to be other characters other than the doctor and the companions. They're right. they're they're set dressing for the 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 stars of the show. Um, their relationship didn't make sense per se. He was kind of stalkery, and she was just very out, like you said, outright cruel. So it's kind of right. like I if they get together, I'm gonna feel really sorry for this guy because exactly it's it not it it doesn't seem like it would be a healthy relationship. We'd have to see them as a couple for like another four or five episodes before I was like, okay, I guess it works. But yeah, in that moment it didn't, and they can groundhog day it all they want. It still didn't get any 
better that I saw. I, I didn't understand why those two were in there. I think you could have taken them out and still had the episode. Yeah. Where the doctor and the companions go in there and the Daleks all of a sudden kill them. And then next thing you know, they're back. Yeah. And have that, yeah, that Groundhog Day moment where they're trying to figure it out. I just, I I, I, I thought those two characters were, the people who played those two characters were adorable. But I just didn't see any reason for that behind it. I like the scene where Dan just screws with the Dalek. He goes fun. up to it. And he's just like, he's just coming around. Yeah, 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 whatever. And just, oh, you figured it out. Bam, and he dies. It's just like, you know. And there were some uh, moments where they were like, you know, death is just really getting to them. You know, they're dying over and over again. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what, it were, what I rated, I think it was, I don't even know if I rated the episode. I think it was, hmm. it, if I'd rated it now, I think it was like a three or four. It was just like, it wasn't bad. It's just, weird characterization those two didn't just seemed out of place it could have been something really cool if it were just i think the the doctor the companions yaz and the daleks and there were some good moments in there where the daleks kind of like okay who has the upper hand on this yeah you know it 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 kind of harkens back just a little bit to where um what was it the uh the witch is familiar where capaldi and davros are in the room together right where davros where the doctor's kind of giving the benefit of the doubt to davros to say he really wants him to change he really wants this to be you know davros to be the better person but he's two steps above davros he knows that i got he's got to be fooling me so i just got to make sure of this so we never really know in the doctor's mind. And I think in the same re- regards, we, you know, we don't know if the doctor or the doc or the da- Daleks were on, you know, one step ahead of each other. When we think about it, uh, you know, the doctor was, again, you know, up ahead against the, uh, the Daleks. It was, um, it was, I, like I said, overall, I thought it was very enjoyable. It was a nice palate cleanser after flux, which I was talking with Rob about this. And Flux for me worked because I binged the entire thing, all six episodes, Mm -hmm. boom, boom, boom. And I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much if I had to wait in between each episode. You did just that. How did you find the season of Flux? Um, They were doubling down on the Timeless Children. Again, a, 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 a theory or whatever that I just never really appreciated. And um, to just bottom line it, I just said that, in this whole particular case, uh, because after Timeless Children, I couldn't even rate it. I couldn't even tell you. And, you know, I really was screaming at the, the TV afterwards. I'm like, <laughs> what, what was I watching? And I said, bottom line, this is how I feel. And this is my opinion on this. I said, at the end of this, you made Batman into Superman. You basically told Bruce Wayne, you're Clark Kent. There is no Clark Kent. You are Kryptonian, Bruce Wayne. Martha... Joe, but Martha Wayne, no, uh, Martha Kent is really your mother, not Martha Wayne. Hmm. And for me, the most important thing about the doctor is the doctor is not the chosen one. The doctor is, the doctor is who the doctor is because of the choices that he has made in the past. So there's not, I, I'm not saying there's nothing special about the doctor. We know that there's something special about the doctor, but all in the end, as the alien said in, um, and twice upon time, maybe it's just a bloke. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just simplistic. And the, the timeless children made the doctor more than what 
the doctor should be in my mind. Why can't it, you know, it just made it way too complex, convoluted. To me, there's some challenges and some storylines in Classic Who where the Timeless Children just does not work. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah and, and going back, um, that's a lot of history to try to fold into an idea, right. which the, the idea is intriguing. I just don't think I, I and a lot of Whovians didn't like this. It's like Hartnell's the first doctor. Let's leave it there. Um, going back and messing with, I can see like, hey, we've got this whole unexplored area and it's going to open up a lot mm-hmm. of story arcs for you. But I don't feel that anything in Flux really resolved any of that stuff at all. The stuff with uh, that the master did in the uh, last season or anything else. So I thought right. it did leave a lot up in the air. Uh, we did say we've got Rob Levy, who's also part of the show. He writes for yeah. Anglotopia.net, and he also is a member of the St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency. We did ask him the question about his thoughts on Jody's arc, and let's listen to Rob's answer here. Um, well, you know, I have to say the Dalek specials that she's done every year have all been fairly pretty good. Um, so I'm generally pretty happy with those. I think her first season was interesting. Her second season was interesting, but they suffered greatly from just a lack of really sentient writing. Um, you know, she had these great stories, like little little spikes in the season where it's just kind of there. And then, oh my gosh, this is amazing, right? And I don't really think that she got a chance to really mold and sculpt the doctor that she wanted to create probably until this last season. Uh, you really see her coming into her own sort of where she's going with it. And I think that although there are some serious flaws with, with, with Flux, that it was a chance for her to show off her version of the character and having that like sort of um, continuous narrative really allowed her to deepen what she was doing. And I think that also really helped a little bit with the writing in terms of like, it's all one person and it's not kind of a hodgepodge. You know, she's had Kerblam and she's had, you know, um, Rosa and she's had these really interesting stories planted throughout her run, but she hasn't really had a run of like two or three or four really great stories. And I think that's kind of, kind of sad. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I would like her to stay on one more season to kind of adapt to the fallout of flux and see where that goes, but it is not to be. And we talked about that. Obviously, this was Jody's last outing. We're probably going to get, um, obviously, she'll probably stick around. I'm assuming from what I've heard through the 60th anniversary, we'll get at least a, her, their, uh, another story out of her. Uh, the Sea Devils, it sounds like. from. Uh, well, we have the Sea Devils, yeah. and there's one more story after that. Whether she's in the 60th, it's still up in the air. I I, I would be shocked if they didn't invite her to the 60th. I mean, she's she'll be then by then a previous doctor. Uh, there's a lot of rumors and speculation going around that they're probably, uh, I heard a rumor that they're going to regenerate her, but we're not going to see the 14th doctor. I mean, I've seen, I've heard, I'm trying to push the rumors away because I'm just like, I, I don't want to deal with that nonsense for the most part, because that, that's what comes in is just like, okay, well, there, there was that rumor that, uh, howdy, um, that David Tennant was going to be the 14th doctor. But like I said, I, I don't know what Russell T has in mind. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we did have an episode that explored the 14th doctor, if you want to check it out. But it's, uh, you, you know, you, you have everybody's fanfic idea mm-hmm. and what's going to actually happen. And, you know, it's fun to play with 
Hey, Rob. Um, <laughs> he's he's there in the chat. David um, Hasselhoff is the new doctor, according to you Rob. You wish. Lincoln, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess well, the little red light that flashes on the front of the TARDIS, like uh, like Kit had. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, if William Daniels lives another 10 years, yeah, go for it. He can yeah, be the be voice of the TARDIS. We'll get a new voice for the TARDIS that. as well. Yeah. Um, again, if you're Good listening chance. right now, we are talking all things Doctor Who. We've got Christian Basil from The Legend of the Traveling TARDIS. Rob Levy, we've got his uh, voice, and evidently he's entering into the chat too. So uh, we're, I know, we're, we're gonna... at you here, Rob. I know. <laughs> it's, have it, a little it, chat, if you can dude. chat, he could be in the show. I, I feel personally slighted. No, I'm kidding. But um, we're going to take a real I quick do. break. We're going <laughs> to take a quick commercial break. We are going to come back in just a moment, and we'll continue our chat talking about Jody's run as the Doctor. If you would like to call in, 314-931-5877 is the KTRS hotline. And, of course, you can also text us your thoughts at 84126. We'll be right back on the Big 550. Stand by. Hello, this is Catherine Tate. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. We are back. Live on the Big 550 KTRS, geek to me Radio every Sunday night. I'm your host, James Enstall. I want to make sure we tell you about our official movie sponsor, which, of course, Marcus Theaters. If you go to the website, MarcusTheaters.com, you can find the location of the Marcus Theaters or the movie tavern closest to you. Uh, Kids Dream Family Film Series, $3 admission on February 4th through the 6th. You can see Smallfoot. In theaters, you can find those showtimes for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matinees on the website. Um, Uncharted, starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, will be out as of February 18th. Lots of movies that are currently out and movies that are coming out. Go to the website. Start there, MarcusTheaters.com. You can uh, search by location. Find the Marcus Theaters in Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, or Wisconsin. Or the Movie Tavern location in one of uh, several different states. Arkansas, Colorado, Georgia, Texas, Virginia. And while you're there, you can check out movie reviews. You can buy your tickets right there on site. I also recommend that you download the Marcus Theaters app for your smartphone. If you are watching the screen right now, if you're not listening, uh, you can see right down here, I've got the Marcus Theaters app all loaded up. That way, if I'm out driving around town, hit the app. It'll tell me which Marcus Theater is closest to my location. I can order the tickets and my concessions right through the app for a more contactless experience. Uh, they're bringing Shang-Chi back, by the way, too. If you haven't seen that on the big screen, January 28th through February 3rd, you can see Marvel Studios' Shang-Chi. And ladies, Valentine's Day, I'm sorry, I should say Galentine's Day on the 13th, you can see a special showing of Magic Mike at the Marcus or Movie Tavern location closest to you as well. Always a good time at the movies, and if you're going to see a movie, we always say do it in the best possible surroundings. MarcusTheaters.com for the best movie-going experience in the galaxy. Before we take that last break, we were chatting with Christian Basil of The Legend of the Traveling TARDIS, and we had Rob said he was going to try to call in. I gave Rob uh, the hotline. I, te- I messaged him here because if he's, if he's available, he was supposed to see prom at the Fox tonight, I believe. But if he's available, uh, certainly, Rob, if you're listening right now, go ahead and give us a call on the, uh, the number I messaged you at, and we'll, we'll put you on the air. Uh, there, that might be him here. Let's. We're gonna do this live on the air. The fun of live radio, folks. Let's see how this works out for us, shall we? Oh no, yeah. I lost the camera. Oh god, it's all falling <laughs> that apart. Is the fun of radio. It's all falling apart. 
What's that? That show? It all the goes. It all oh, goes wrong. Show God. on Netflix. All right, hang on, Rob. Uh, well, we do can we now see your decorative vegetables? Rob, do we have friend. you? Yes. How are you? There he is. Rob, say hello to Christian. Uh, oh, hey, Christian. Sorry. <laughs> oh, now you show up, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you? Um, you're coming in as a whisper. I'm going to turn up my volume. I'm going to turn him up a little bit too here. But uh, so yeah, yeah, Rob, we already talked. I already played. Uh, we had I had your clips broken up. We already talked about your thoughts on uh, the Jody's overall arc and what Chibnall had done. Yeah. Um, we're talking a little bit about also uh, the during this. I just let's if we stick to Flux for a moment. It had some really good moments. Like I said, I binged it and I I liked what I saw. I felt that there were things I was wanting that them to resolve that they did not resolve at all though so it had a lot of questions for me as well um but one thing that i know rob and i talked about was the weeping angels this was them at their most terrifying and i did love the weeping angels episode christian uh what were your thoughts on that particular episode and how they incorporated them i'm not only gonna say that that episode is the best of the flux i think that's also one of the best of jody's run and I'm saying this a lot because I'm not saying too much because a, um, I wasn't too crazy about the flux until the fourth episode finally showed up. And I'm like, Oh, we're hitting the ground running now. This is completely different because I, at the, at the previous one, you know, I thought they should have just focused more on the swarm. I didn't understand why that there were some Tarns and cyber. I was just like, why are these, I understand what you're doing. You're trying to, you know, bring back the old classic villains and have some say in it and have some fun with it. But I could, I would have just been fine if they focused on the swarm and these new villains that they had out there. Having said that, I really enjoyed uh, the um, the episode. Uh, what was it? The the the, the village of the angels. Hmm. And um, I think one of it is because we had a guest on the show. Uh, uh, Kevin McNally, yeah. who played Professor Jericho, and we've actually interviewed him on the show, and he he was kind of quiet about this, and it's like, oh, you you knew something we didn't there, so now <laughs> we know what happened. Not only that, but I think it was just, I wish Jericho was at the very beginning of Flux. He gave the three episodes, and they just kind of rushed off with him, but I'm also going to say this, in the Flux, is Village of the Angels is the only episode of the six that wasn't written solely by Chris Chibnall. I noticed and that. And it showed. <laughs> I noticed this that. Was a, yeah, this was also written by Ma, uh, Maxine, uh, Maxine Alderton, who also wrote the episode of the Diodati. And both of those are actually my favorite of the Jody series altogether. So if they keep going with writers from this series, I'm going to say bring Maxine over because she's she's got the chops. And I really enjoyed it. I thought that they gave the, the Weeping Angels a little bit too much of the superpower there they were mm. giving more you know already when we had uh the time of the time was a flesh and stone and, and the time of the angels they added more super i just liked it when they were assassins and they touch you they brought you back in time but uh they were adding more stuff to them and now they were even taking them further that if you got touched twice now you're dead uh <laughs> i was like okay well that's a new thing and I kind of like where they were kind of taking it. And the ending, which I won't spoil for most people, was kind of cool yeah. how it all ended. But uh, another question is, why did it end that way? Because in the next episode, it was already over. I was all like, okay, what was the point of that? You just 
locked her up. <laughs> yeah, that kind of it, it was, was no, a cool special those, effect, and then all of a sudden it was like oh, it was one of the things where it kind of had more questions for me than answers. And I know exactly. Rob, when you and I spoke on the phone, yeah. Rob, you and I did talk about the Weeping Angels, and just kind of I, if you could verbatim repeat exactly what you told me over the phone. Um, so I mean, the big thing about the Weeping Angels uh, is that they are in this particular episode, from best I understand, from the well-written arc that we have been presented with is that uh, they are, be, in this instance, they are agents of the Division, and that the Division will use other aliens to do their bidding, hence the Santarans and the Daleks and stuff. Having said that, I think Christian's really onto something. First, with that Bruce Wayne analogy, that was awesome. And then second, I think that, you know, not really developing your season-long villain. I mean, you have the Swarm, who are terrific, and you don't really explain why are they mad, what are they upset. And then I just, I just for, for the sake of uh, simplicity, I just call this guy Snake Guy. Um, you've got the Snake Guy, who is also a great villain that I'm hoping they're saving for later or something. But you've got, with those two villains alone, you don't really need anything else, right? Um, this is a whole season of over-excess, right? I think we talked about, James, with how they always in this era, threw things against the wall and see what would stick, and they're doing it again, and it's infuriating. The big thing is they had too many characters, they tried to do too much, if they would have pared it down and just not overthought it, it might have really been much better. Yeah, I, I think, um, like I said, a lot of the series worked for me. I enjoyed it as a cohesive overall, which I know I know. Rob and I talked about this, Not we, we, you and I have talked about it, Christian, but I feel like mm-hmm. Jody's first two seasons were like, nothing makes sense. Oh, that was a great episode. Wow, this Kerblam thing's really fun. And then back to kind of weirdness and not knowing. I, I don't feel like it was uh, very a straight through line, like the the writing overall. Like it had some highlights. I love the uh-huh. episode where those little creatures that looked like the Slitheen and the Adipose had a baby and they were on that hospital ship. That was a great yeah. episode. That felt like a classic fourth Doctor episode to me. But again, mm-hmm. it, a lot of the first and second season episodes missed the mark as far as I was concerned. So I, I liked that this was a one cohesive kind of tight story. And Rob and I talked about how the Centaurans were actually kind of strategic uh, menaces again, as, as opposed to I think we got so used to having Strax as comic relief for a while that I think it was kind of nice to see the Centaurans taken seriously, probably not since what uh, Ten and Martha's run. Mm-hmm. Well, I, look, I, I got a question for Rob, and and this is, um, and this is just story bound and character bound. Rob, why do you think I, I can't think of her name, but why do you think Vinda Vinder and his and his pregnant wife were there? You know, this is one of the things I was wondering. I'm wondering if the Vinder character is basically the Captain Jack part, um, expanded. Um, they, when I talk about cutting out characters, as great as they were, you know, you kind of could have cut them completely out and been fine and, de- and developed more with other things, right? Unless they're using them down the road later and that's the plan, I don't really get it. There's a lot of the characters I don't really get. I mean, Claire, they left open to come back. Um, they could if they really wanted to be clever about bringing uh, Jer- uh, Jericho back. Um but, you know, I'm, I'm with you that I would have loved to have seen more of the professor throughout the whole the whole run and more of the brigadier in the whole run and less of these characters I don't really know. 
and I'm in the minority that I found the cute little thing that she kept carrying around with her really annoying. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I know you're trying to sell toys here, but not now. Um, so I, I just don't really understand why they are a part of this. I understand that, you know, they needed other characters to kind of launch things. But again, that's part of the big problem I have with the whole arc is that it's very disjointed in places. And maybe they'll turn up again in, you know, one of these two other stories. And this will all make sense. Well, you know, maybe there's a bigger picture here than we're getting. Um, That is my hope. That's the thing, Rob. I couldn't even explain to you why they were there. And they seem, as far as the story-wise, as far as directions are concerned, uh, I didn't, you know, they seem to be alluding to that there was some big payoff and when we got to, it, I mean, people were going like, "Well, that she's carrying the doctor," which I'm like, "No, that's not. That's that. No. Yeah, that's not. That's what people were saying. They're like, oh, she's pregnant with the doctor.' I'm like, no, that's not going to work. That just, it's not. Yeah. Then we're really going into territory that, that even was, Andrew Carbell, I can guarantee the, you, wouldn't even wanted him to go in, wanted them yeah. to go into. But then the payoff was okay. There were just extras in this show. There was really no point to them. And Chibnall has a has a horrible way of just throwing in characters for the sole purpose of just having characters and not really expounding on them or he tries to expand on them like they did in uh eva the daleks which they 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 tried to make the focal point but i was you know i was like you know you could have had that story without them you could have had the doctor yaz and dan be part of the story and just had nothing to do with those two characters in fact before you came on uh James and I were talking and just like, you know, I could not even see why those two even got together. She was so abusive to him to the point where he ran, she yelled at him and he just gave up and ran out the door to get zapped by a Dalek. I was almost she yelled at him. wondering like, with Vinder and, uh, and the, the, the dog uh, Carvinder, um, uh, those three characters kind of went off. I was kind of thinking, Oh, this is 13th doctor's pattern oyster gang. We're going to get a nice series of big finish stories from these three characters who have run off together now, I, you cannot duplicate the Pasquinator <laughs> game. That was that that was lightning in the bottle. That was it. Oh, I, well, <laughs> I agree, but that's just that was the thought I mean, that, that I had. That's a tough thing, and people really want those three together. And unfortunately, they, I think what they're going for story. in the Dalek story is that they have these two characters that are seriously flawed, both to each other and how they treat other people. But yet, mm-hmm. they meet the Doctor, and somehow. Um, they decide to make a go of being better people. I think that's what they were going for, um, mm-hmm. as best as I could piece it together. It it fell flat for me. It just really it didn't, it didn't bother yeah, me. I, I mean that was that, that's my opinion on that. I just felt that they felt felt flat for me. We're gonna take I mean, uh, we're gonna take a quick yeah. pause, guys. We're gonna take another quick break. Uh, if you're listening right now, again, if you have a con uh, not contest, if you have a comment you'd like to make about. The 13th Doctor's Run or about any of the stuff that Christian or Rob or I are talking about, you can feel free to shoot us a text on the KTRS text lines 84126. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. We're going to come right back talking more things Doctor Who. Stand by. This is Paul McGann, the 8th Doctor. You're listening to geek to me Radio. We are back. geek to me Radio every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Central on the big 550 KTRS. 
And the show would not be possible without the support of our premier sponsor, which is, of course, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. You know them by the website, which is discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. Dot com. A lot of cool things happening. There's always something going on down in St. Charles. They just redid their website a couple, probably a couple months ago, Joey, I'm guessing. Yeah, so a couple months ago. And uh, if you take a look, at it, it's a gorgeous website. You can see pictures of all the stuff uh, from their various festivals they've got going on, pictures of the historic buildings along the cobblestone streets. If uh, It'd be a great place to shoot an episode of Doctor Who, actually. They wouldn't have to change much or uh, do anything for the surrounding building. It'd be like she traveled back in time. But it's uh, if you want to take a step back in time, it's a great place to go visit. Uh, if you're looking for someplace new to eat, if you're looking for some kind of a unique gift idea, lots of shops up and down historic South Main Street that you won't find anywhere else. And if you're from out of town, if you're listening to this and you're from Florida, like Christian, you were looking to plan a trip, get someplace new under your belt in the year, you might want to check out the city of St. Charles as well. You can stay at hotels. If you want a camper or an RV park, if you want uh, just a bed and breakfast someplace kind of rustic, St. Charles has something that will fit the bill for any taste. Go to the website once again, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. We're chatting with Christian Basil from The Legend of the Traveling Tardis and Rob Levy from Anglotopia.net and the St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency. I'm going to get that out properly one time, at least before the show's over. Um, talking about all things Doctor Who, and I don't want to focus too much on uh, just the, the Eve of the Dalek special or Flux, because there's a lot of other things to cover, like the upcoming 60th anniversary. I know, Rob, you and I spoke. You've always tend to get some good inside information. And I know you and I had talked, and you said it sounds like we might get Paul McGann turn up in the 60th anniversary. So, again, you have to understand, everything that you hear, unless you see a BBC press release, is pure speculation. Sure. Uh, One of the maddening things, and I'm sure Christian has this too, is whenever we see a pop on our phone that's a new Doctor Who rumor, there is... A, a, an equal sense of uh, of delight, but also fright at the same time. Just like, how weird is this going to get? But you know, the basic um, understanding, you know, from talking to Eccleston at Dragon Con and, and reading that room, and also the comments from Capaldi, it's pretty obvious they're probably not coming back. But it, 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 we have heard things about McGann coming back, probably Matt Smith and Tennant. At least those three guys probably coming back. And I would expect expect you're going to get uh, the you might get the fugitive doctor as well. I would think if they do something. And then the one thing that is different than in past years is that they have the technology to make the older doctors look young again. Whether they choose to use this or not remains to be seen. But Bad Wolf has substantially more money and technology available to them sure. than the BBC. So if it's going to happen, which I don't necessarily think it is. Um, they would be the people that could do it. Um, I don't think you're really going to see a lot of classic doctors, though. I think you're. I think you'll probably see at least Smith and Tennant. And if they want to have another doctor thrown in, then they'll bring in McGann, um, which I am all for because I, I I wish he had more TV screen time. Yeah, and I know he's talked about because uh, we we met him at Geekonomic Con. I know Christians had him on. His show, uh, he's talked at length about how much he loves doing the Doctor, and he would be over the moon to come back for another special if they did it like they did with Night of the Doctor. Can I can I get my little proposal, my little fanfic? Sure. For you there, Rob. Gotcha. We sure. and I mentioned this on the show, and I, I as funny as it sounds, I I really the way that things are going, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually took this. I'm just saying, if you are taking my idea, 
RTD, I'll take a dollar or something, you know, just give, just give me a little credit or something like that. But uh, the, the, the scene, the scene that I had in mind is 13 bites of dust, whatever she does at the end. And of course she begins to stand up. She starts to regenerate. She puts out her arms and then all that yellow stuff is flying in the air. And the next thing you know, it goes dark. It goes completely dark. And you hear absolutely and see nothing for about maybe five seconds, not like a Sopranos thing. So, and uh, so what happens is in the background, you hear this, what sounds to be a war going on. And all you hear are these two men walking across what sounds like a, a rock quarry or something of that nature. And one of them shouts out, Oh, here's the doctor. I found the doctor. And, they go, okay, are you sure it's a doctor? And then one of them pulls the tarp back to reveal Paul McGann, eight doctor, laying there all bloodied up, just laying in the quarry. And the two men look at each other and go, what do we do with the doctor? And they go, we'll take him. And they took one of their weapons and they knock him unconscious right there. And the screen goes dark. And that's how the episode ends right there. And my fan idea was that for the next three seasons, we don't even reveal the 14th Doctor. They belong all to Paul McGann. And this is going to be the the the, the time war slash there's going to be a continuation, but everything that the 8th Doctor is going to go through in the next three seasons is going to lead up to the 14th Doctor in some form of fashion. Hmm. So we finally give Paul McGann his due as far as giving him a small series. Plus, here's something you didn't see coming. He's going to be introducing somehow the 14th Doctor. So at some point, the 14th Doctor and the 8th Doctor are going to have a big hoopla or battle against something that's going to put everything right back into perspective. But that's how I do it. Oh, Nostalgic said something. Yeah, it looks uh, like, oh, uh, Pat, Patrick Trotton passed away uh, at Dragon yeah. Con number one. That's, uh, that's sad. Yeah. Night, I, 1987, yeah. Oh, my time my as a Nubian, but, um Actually, but yeah. that wasn't Dragon Con. That was a different convention in Georgia, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Ainley so, was at that convention with him, and um, it wasn't Dragon Con. It, was it, a, it might have been a Dixie Con. I'm not really sure, but he died in Georgia at a convention. It wasn't even in Atlanta. It was outside of Atlanta. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of here nor there. Sorry. That's right. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm always one who would love to see more of the Eighth Doctor, um, and it would be kind of. What, what do you think of my theory, Rob? <laughs> you know, I think it would be interesting. I'm just not sure they want to go with it. I don't know what RTD planned. And um, I don't, I'm not, you know, it would be cool. It would almost be mm -hmm. cool to have two series, one during the season that's a short regular series and the other one that's just a Paul McGann series. But, um, you know, I'm not sure how you bring them back that makes it work within the canon. But if they blow the whole canon up, and reboot it, you could just reboot it with McGann, so in that aspect it would make sense. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what they're thinking. My guess is that we're going to kind of get a reboot of sorts. Um, that's just kind of my thought. Yeah, and he's done a reboot before, obviously. He's uh, Russell T. Davies, for those of you who are listening who don't know, is the one responsible for bringing the show back in 2005 with Christopher Eccleston as the ninth doctor i need to hit one last break gentlemen so uh, we're going to take a real quick commercial break if you're listening please stand by uh, we're going to come back talking more with christian basil and rob levy all about doctor who right after this
Hello. My name is Sylvester McCoy. I want you to listen to Geek to Me Radio. Otherwise, if you don't, I'll cry. We are back for our final segment on Geek to Me Radio here on the Big 550 KTRS. This segment brought to you by our official comic book sponsor, Bugs Comics and Games. If you go to the website, BugsComicsAndGames.com, you can check them out there. You can also join the Avengers Discount Club. You pick a character from across the comic book fandom, and you'll get your little Avengers ID card, and you start earning credit so that you can start getting a discount on your future comics. One way you can start saving money when uh, the price and everything seems to be going up and up and up these days is to save money on your weekly comic books. That way you don't feel as guilty like I do when you buy them each week so uh, you can start saving up to 15 percent uh 20 percent up to 35 percent depending on how much you spend on new comics back issues toys games merchandise and supplies i'd also encourage you to go give their facebook page a like which is bugs comics and games on facebook and uh, if you're looking for someplace new to buy comic books, if you're in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, he's right there off of Bryan Road in O'Fallon. He's been there. I think he opened on Halloween was his opening weekend. So he's brand new. And we always want to get out and support local businesses and definitely support new businesses, these brick and mortar stores that are out there. And I've known Larry Quiggins, the owner, for quite a while and his partner, Tim Spakowski, who they've opened the shop together. Tim does all the online and website stuff. Larry handles the books, the history, the uh, all he knows more about comic books than I could ever think to remember from what I've known. But he had Bugs Comics way back in the day when I was little kid riding my bike up to his shop on West Florissant Road, and now he's at it again, and it's back and better than ever. So if you're looking for someplace new to get some comic books, if you're wanting to go online and browse some of their back issues, try to find something maybe you can't find in your neck of the woods, BugsComicsAndGames.com is that website. Very proud to have them as the official comic book sponsor here on Geeks Me Radio. We're wrapping up our Doctor Who Talks. Chatting with Christian Basil from The Legend of the Traveling Tardis and, of course, Rob Levy from Anglotopio.net and the Celestial Intervention Agency of St. Louis. Before we get too far in, because I want to make sure I give you guys a chance to tell people where they can find you and keep up with you so we don't come to the end and we're trying to scram that in at the last minute. Uh, Rob, where can people keep up with you and find you online and uh, your writings and things like that? So, yes, I'm on, uh, on the Facebook and the Twitter. And uh, also my weekly radio show, which uh, James can give you all the lowdown on if you need. And then uh, I do write uh, for Anglotopia.net and NeedCoffee.com. And uh, I'm doing a podcast called Modern Modern Musicology with uh, Alan Seiler, who uh, used to run Hulanta and TimeGate and who runs Cosmic Press now. And also Mr. Anthony Williams, who does another great podcast called Watchers Mm. in the Fourth Dimension, and uh, they're going all the way through the classic series of Doctor Who, episode by episode. Wow. Or story by story, rather, and commenting on it. And that's, that's a lot of fun. So we're doing that every week. And, um, yeah, and if you go to Dragon Con and some other conventions, I'm around. So I'm not sure of the landscape yet for Fan Expo. But, uh, yeah, that, that's it. And Christian? <laughs> um, thank you so much. Oh, Janine, thank you for the... For the shout out, there you go. Uh, the Legend of the Traveling Tardis. You uh, you can find us anywhere on Facebook. Uh, the two places that we highly recommend fo- everybody following us is on our YouTube channel. We're closing in on, uh, believe, we're closing in on two thousand subscribers nice. on our YouTube. We just started a year ago. Uh, on our Facebook page, if you want to join in, I believe 
and this is where weird things get. I think we had this discussion, James, because they have likes and they have followers. And people have told me go for the followers. And that is the case. Uh, James, just yesterday, we actually surpassed 57,000 Facebook Wow, congratulations. Followers. Very cool. Just, just went over that. So um, as you've been talking, Rob, Wanderers in the Fourth Dimension, I just gave you a like. And what was the other podcast? Oh, so I'm doing, uh, I generally do the Weekend Justice podcast for needcoffee.com, but uh, that Modern Musicology uh, podcast is done with Alan Seiler, who I think you know, uh, from Cosmic Crest, which writes books about Doctor Who and other things, and they just put out a children's book, and he's run Who Ranta and Timegate for a while, and he's a uh, a Whovian as well. What was that, Modern? Modern Musicology. Modern Musicology. I'll send you the link later. I talk about um, music. I know it's not Doctor Who. But got it. Um, yeah. You you have a new subscriber on both on your Facebook page, um, and by all means, hit me on the like. So as far as the YouTube channel, try to find it on YouTube if you got it out there. Yeah. But um, yep. and we, I got Joey right across me. We'll put links to both uh, the Legend of the Traveling Tardis awesome. and Rob's podcast as well in the show notes. So if you're listening to this after the fact, you can click on the show note links, and we'll have so you can make sure we keep bumping up the rising tide lifts all boats so uh, we'll make sure we try to get you up to fifty-eight thousand next time we talk christian on, uh, on youtube that works for me and uh, we should be at megacon the lisa the next convention that we have planned megacon orlando at the orange county convention center may 19th through the 22nd they've already got some celebrities out there i believe they're bringing back all four of the uh hobbits oh yes uh, i saw the that yeah. of the ring trilogy they got kevin smith jason Mewes. Pretty much everybody from Clerks, with the exception of uh, Rosanna, uh, Dar- uh, what's her name? Rosanna Dawson. <laughs> Rosanna Dawson. <laughs> okay. That's the best way I can put it. But uh, yeah, we're we should be there hosting. Uh, we're going to have a booth over in the community center, and we will be hosting panels all MegaCon weekend long. So make sure you check out the Facebook pages for uh, both these guys, and that way you can keep up with where they are uh, all around town. And I know Rob like his. Rob hosts the conventions uh, at Dragon Con, hosts a lot of the panels there, and Christian always does a great job with the Traveling Tardis for all of his panels at MegaCon Orlando and all the different uh, up and down the East Coast there where I've seen uh, Christian hanging out, all, all the traveling. Uh, since we've only got about four minutes left or so as we're wrapping up, three minutes or so here. Real quick, uh, just talk about what it is either speculation or who your choice would like to be for the 14th doctor. We'll start, uh, I'll start with Christian. Just go ahead and give us two or three guesses or insights. I'm going to be honest. I either Michael Sheen or somebody completely new that completely like a Matt Smith where we, we don't even know where they came from and just blows us away. Like Matt Smith did when Mm -hmm. he took over the role. I, I, I would love somebody who has been, and a lot of, the, from what I understand from the past, except with the exception of um, Peter Davison and, and Colin Baker and somewhat of Sylvester McCoy, I mean, most of these guys, you know, wouldn't be something you would associate with uh, science fiction. I, I think hmm. Patrick Troughton, he was an actor, but I don't think he did anything sci-fi. Definitely um, John Pertwee was a, a comedian for the most part. And I think he did vaudeville for hmm. most of it and tom baker was a construction worker <laughs> so these guys were you know it's just somebody who would completely come in and blow us away whether it be male or female what what not but uh I, that's what i would like to see something completely original 
And Rob, we've got about a minute and 20 seconds if you want to give us your uh, ideas or insights. Uh, I know we talked about this. I also wanted Michael Sheen. Um, I'd love to have it be someone who's not worked with RTD, so it gets away from everything as um, tied to that string of shows and work as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't care if it's a man or a woman or a person of color. I just want to be interesting, well-written. And, um, you know, the new rumor is Martin Freeman, so we'll see how how that goes. Um, Hmm. You know, Danny Dyer from EastEnders has been mentioned. There's a ton of names there. Every day you wake up, there's a new rumor. So it's it's interesting. So my guess is, you know, it's going to be the next person you've never heard of. Or um, when he does it, we're just all going to, you know, Christian and I will be in rooms in several parts of the country, banging our head and go, of course. And then that'll be it. Yep. Uh, Yeah, I know I would also like to see Michael Sheen. Uh, as the character, but if they can somehow work it in, I'd love to see, I'm not sure how they'd do it, but if they could get Joe Martin, if we could get a couple seasons of her somehow as the 14th Doctor, if uh, our, if anyone could do it, RTD could probably wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey the timeline out so that it works. That would be kind of fun to, because I know Joe has just been so excited on social media about being the doctor and being able to portray the doctor like this, and uh, she's a very exuberant person about playing this role and i'd like to see someone with that fan you know that that love of the show be the doctor and have her carry on in that so those would be my two choices either joe martin make it somehow work or michael sheen as well uh this has been great we're already the the hour has flown by once again christian basil the legend of the traveling tardis podcast and of course rob levy on anglotopia.net and of course, uh, his connections to his podcast. We'll list all that stuff if you're listening right now in the show notes. If you didn't get it when we were talking about it, it's all down there. Uh, I want to make sure we take this real quick chance. If you have not yet done it, the voting closes tomorrow for St. Louis Magazine's A-list award winners. It would be an honor just to be nominated. So go nominate me. Uh, STLMag.com. A-list awards. You can nominate James Enstall for radio personality, Geek to Me Radio for radio show, and social media account slash influencer James Enstall Geek to Me Radio. I would love to see a nomination, something like that, uh, come through. That would be great. That is going to do it. Uh, again, thanks to Christian great. Basil. Thank you to Rob Levy. Thank you to Joey V for always sitting across the board, making all the pictures look pretty and everything sound as good as it does. Until next week, my friends. Kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. 
before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.